1: Welcome to Ladies Who London podcast. I'm Emily Dell. I'm Alex Lacey, and I'm Fiona Lucas, and we're London
2: Blue Badge tourist guides. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Go on then, Fiona. Keep going. And something about a little bit of history and a lot of laughs and a bit <laughs> that of Yep. We that's, can be found next. We can be found at your website. Yes. Which is Ladies Who London dot com, .com. yeah and also on instagram and thing and your you each have your own
0: places as well
1: <laughs> <laughs> doing very well fiona to
0: be honest this is better than we normally do this is much better <laughs> so yes yeah. welcome to this week's podcast and as you might have figured we have a guest we have our lovely fiona who is back this week thank you for joining us fiona oh, oh, oh. always a pleasure because we thought it would be really nice to have somebody on for our little Jubilee special. Um, Jubilee. And who better than with a whole heap of fantastic, beautifully told stories than Fiona Lucas. So welcome back. Thank you so much. And hello to all you listeners. It's Jubilee week. It's Jubilee week. Get your union flags and wave them around. How exciting. Get in there, Liz. Get your party pants on. It's a party across the capital. And so this week... um. You might notice the podcast has gone up a little late again. Just busy, busy, busy. Um, but it is on a Wednesday. So we, as long as we get it out before midnight, we're all good. But tomorrow is the Trooping of the Colour in central London, isn't it? Who's going? It is yes, indeed. Yeah. Um, well, I'm working. Oh. What well, do you mean? Are you, are you going mind? to watch it? Are you, yeah? Are you working? Well, the
1: itinerary that I've got with my couple tomorrow is kind of taking us more to the East End. But I'm going to try and kind of like get us at least over in the area for the fly past at one. But yeah, so I'm hoping to see a little bit of it, but it's obviously up to
0: them. (laughs) Do you know, I love it. Whenever people come to London and I often say, especially if it's a group, I say, oh, what do you want to see in London? And the first thing they always say is the Queen. And I occasionally (laughs) in the past, this has happened where it's coincided with the balcony day and I've gone, "Okay," And they've gone, what? So imagine if you tell them tomorrow, they might be like, oh, yeah, we're doing that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, what about you, Fiona? Are you, yeah. are you are you heading to the trooping?
2: I am doing a blitz walk in the afternoon. So suitably jubilee festive, a walk about the Second World War. <laughs> uh, but we start at 2.15 near St. Paul's. So, Ooh, so you've got time. I'm thinking where, exactly same thing, where oh. can I see the fly past? Because that... Mm you can see so maybe Paternoster Square is not mm. bad for the podcast mm. or I can stay at home and because I'm East London they come if I stand at the very bottom yes. of my garden on my tiptoes I think I can just see them like just above the skyline of the house they
0: just go zipping across you could come over back to the hill near me which is where I knew I used to live because that's ah, a great spot to see them. Steve hill. Yes. Yeah, up to Stave Hill in um, near Surrey Keys. Ah. imagine that'll be packed yeah. tomorrow. Well, I'm going to be on the Mall with my ah. guests tomorrow. They, ah. they are in town for a whole week of Jubilee stuff. So tomorrow we are camping out. Well, not camping out. There are people camping out already. I've been there there for are, yeah. yeah. But no, we are going to be um, watching the trooping, uh, hopefully getting down the Mall to see uh, old, uh, old Betty on the balcony. Ooh. Balcony Betty. Um, and then stay for the fly past as well. That's the plan. It may exciting. all go to pot, we'll see. But that's what we're aiming for.
1: And please, if anyone's out there tomorrow and seeing the festivities, if you're taking photos, please
0: send them to us. We'd love yeah. to see them. Tag yeah. us in them. Mm. I'll be doing some, uh, some probably some Instagram story stuff because there's going to be a lot happening. It's going to be yeah, exciting. definitely. Um, and then there is, for those, if anyone's in London this weekend, there is also the pageant which is happening on Sunday. And I have to say, I'm possibly more excited about the pageant than the trooping. Trooping happens every year, usually, COVID permitting, um, but the pageant is going to be, it sounds like it's going to be all kinds of puppets and animatronics and really cool stuff going down the mile, so mm. I'm quite excited to see that. And it, it seems like they've only recently kind of started saying what's going to be in it. Yes, only in the last the idea, week just, or so.
2: Cool. Yeah, so, and I I think, like, people in this country are a bit blasé about jubilees. Yeah, we've heard totally. Them. We've had them, like... I worked out we've been within five years of a jubilee for half of my life <laughs> so you know again deal and we're not
1: mm. gonna we're not gonna get another one for a while yeah no, for a very long time no it is um, it is a big thing
0: and they're setting fire to a tree aren't they at the front of buckingham palace i think tomorrow evening i feel like we really should okay. learn from our mistakes there and just like not actively set fire <laughs> to things because everything burns down anyway well, you know, when, when is it they're burning that down? That's not the
1: Heatherwick tree, is it? I think so. So this is at 9pm tomorrow evening, I believe. So, oh, so there's... The
0: beacon thing.
1: Yeah, so it's a little bit like the Olympics where you had the, the flame going through different cities and then when it got to, a Lon- it got to London, the Olympics started. But it's a little bit like that where this, this beacon is, you know, coming <laughs> through the country ah. and being passed to various people and it's going to come to London and it's going to be used to, to light up this tree at 9pm tomorrow evening. I, I thought they were going to plant the trees somewhere else later, but that won't work if they burn them. Well, I don't think they're going to burn the whole thing. I think there's basically, I mean, I say burn the trees, it sounds okay. more dramatic, but yeah. <laughs> they've got kind of a uh, little candles, if you like, on the tree that they're going to kind of uh, ignite.
0: Okay. To be fair, maybe sense. they said bury the trees rather than plant them. Yes. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Well, before we get yeah. into our big sort of Jubilee special, um, we had better clear up the podcast pedestal from last week, hadn't we? Yes. yes. Which was on Sophia Duleep Singh, the kind of the end of that story from the koh diamond and and this amazing suffragette warrior princess. Um, so uh, what did you pick last week, Em? So I picked the risk that she took
1: when she jumped onto that car, the mm. moving car yeah. and planted the leaflet of votes for women on the screen of the car. And I think just that that, that passion, that impulse, yeah. you know, to put her life at
0: risk, to help so many others uh, was just amazing. So I went for that last week. Amazing. And my option was the Delhi Durbar, where she and her sisters mm. snuck into India, even though they'd been told not to. Went in to see, um, well, it kind of linked into this week's one, the, the sort of celebration of the coronation of King George. No, King Edward. The no, who was it? <laughs> I've forgotten now. Edward the Seventh. Edward the, Edward the seventh. seventh. Thank you very much. My brain's gone. Um, and that was the kind of thing that that spurred her into action, having sort of heard the cry of, of the people. Which would you have gone for, Fiona? Test um, of your loyalties, isn't it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Who you gonna pick? <laughs> well,
2: I think I think to understand the Delhi Durbar store, I'd need to know more about it. Whereas the way that Emily described the the moving vehicle one... You mean you didn't more... listen to last week?
1: Whoa, 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 whoa. I'm catching more. up.
0: I'm still, I'm, <laughs> I'm adrift. It was one other, oh yeah, I'll listen to that and I haven't done that's it yet. That's all right, that's okay. Thank well, you. Emily, what do you think this week? Do you reckon it's gone your way or...? Um, I don't want to be a little cocky cock, but yes. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) be. But I'm
1: going to be.
0: Okay. Well, this week, it is a dead heat. (gasps) Exactly the same number of votes. Dead heat. Has that ever happened? I think it did happen once before, actually. Oh my gosh, new passes.
2: Wow. Does that mean, does that mean that my plumping for emily now tips the balance.
1: No. It's how my that means? No. no.
2: <laughs>
0: I think it's Why Alex. did I ask? <laughs> oh, no,
2: Alex. Oh,
0: oh my god. No, 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 oh, that doesn't count. <laughs> so well, at steady. the moment, and where last are time we, so we were both were. we were both keen to have a, a point, so I think we gave us, ourselves each a point.
1: So we've got <laughs> nine, project, but... 10, 9 10 nine to me, so 11 10. 11 10. There we go me wow still just one ahead I mean
0: gosh That's so exciting okay <laughs> pretty pretty tight yeah thanks for your votes everybody fabulous so um let's barrel on head first into this week's episode so we thought we'd do a jubilee episode and we were wondering what to do because the jubilee thing doesn't quite fit into our sort of you know our what we do we tend, tend not to go for the big kind of coronation type stuff it's not really our thing but we decided on one particular way of doing it, which I think kind of fits in with us and our our way of doing slightly unusual stuff. So what are we doing Em? So we're looking at botched coronations, coronations (laughs) that went wrong. What happened? Yeah, (laughs) drama, drama in a coronation. So we thought, just to kind of start off, that Fiona would give us a little bit of a kind of intro into sort of coronation processions and what kind of thing used to happen. So uh, do you want to take it away, Fiona? Okay. Right, well, this when, when you mentioned the other day, things that went
2: wrong or things didn't go to plan, there was the, the first thing that sprang to mind was, for me, was Richard II, who was very young, at his coronation, but it turns out he was also one of the first ones to have a big procession. So from the 1300s on for 300 years or so, they used to spend the night before, or maybe the night, two nights before at the Tower of London And then they would process through London to Westminster Abbey, uh, which I suspect became such a big thing that they probably, they did it the day before, you know, Um, and then you'd have uh, lots of stuff set up on the streets and they'd pause at certain places and there'd be plays performed and little kind of amazing mechanical scenery that would open up and reveal statues and kind of arches across beautifully decorated arches and flowers and things and uh, when they went through the city they would always go along Cheapside that was the main kind of market street of the city and the main procession route for the royals through the city and there were three water fountains conduits along the length of Cheapside big royal occasions including Richard II's coronation procession they would run with wine
0: I mean
1: yeah (laughs) can you imagine there'd just be uh, today it would just be mental if that was the case (laughs) yeah
0: but
2: I mean like 70 years I've just I was just saying we're not going to get another one for a bit this is the time we should be doing it yes
0: there was a time to be doing it Fill your fountains with wine everybody Wow, yeah. I and, wonder and, what and, kind of wine they put in it. Well, one occasion it was red wine at one end and white wine at the other. End. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I think you found him. <laughs> also, I love that they did that for the first time with Richard II, given that he was well. How old was he when he was crowned? He was very weak. Nine? Wasn't he? Was he? Ten? Eleven? Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty young. Yeah. yeah. You can't but drink, he, or maybe he could. Well, know. to be fair, back then they would have probably, probably like yeah, it. true. Uh, yeah,
2: yeah. Um, but they also had at one end of Cheapside, so the St Paul's end of Cheapside, they had. Um, a thing that some some towers were built out of, you know, sort of scaffolding, and they had some ten year old girls, so the same age as Richard, more or less, um, and they threw uh, they threw showers of gold leaf upon him as he oh. passed by. He was this marvelous picture of of innocence, dressed in white, long gold hair on his oh. white horse, riding bareheaded. Under a sort of canopy and things, and they uh, so it was like a little castle they built with four turrets and a dome in the centre, oh, and these God. girls threw gold leaf at him. Now this is all very lovely and chivalric and heroic and marvelous, but my question is, what happened to the gold leaf? Yeah. Did it? Yeah. Fly around in the breeze? How close were the nearest spectators? Mm. Was there a scrum as people nearby? Gold leaf as well. Can you
0: imagine I if did, you got a little bit on your pick face? Up the gold leaf?
2: Yeah, Does anyone, surely.
0: yeah, come behind to kind of pick them back up again? I mean, mm. that's yeah. oh, that's that's like it's like the most expensive ticker
2: tape parade. Yeah,
0: you yeah. can imagine and the stuff it... that people want to know.
2: Yeah. Exactly. And, and it's like, also, it's the, um, start the fans, please. You know, the um, crystal maze. dun
1: dun dun, 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 dun. <laughs> You can imagine, like, you know, you're queuing for the red wine and then you suddenly see up the road, like, there's glistening. Be like, oh, my God, they've done it already. Quick, go, 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 go. go. Oh yeah. Get the gold, get the gold. <laughs> and
2: then they also sprinkled imitation gold florins under his horse's hooves.
0: Oh, my God oh that would have been mean imitation ones everyone's yeah. scrambling for them they're like oh they're, they're chocolate like, oh, it's
2: just it's just
0: yeah exactly <laughs> um and
2: then and then this extraordinary thing happened that the dome in this kind of castle structure opened uh opened up and a mechanical gilt angel appeared no. at the top, oh, holding a goodness. crown above the future king <gasps>
1: that's this ridiculous amazing it reminded it took me back to the celestial bed then for a minute alex
0: like, <laughs> <laughs> wow. everything takes you back there yeah it does actually
2: <laughs> so i was just thinking like you know you were talking about the pageant on sunday mm. and that is absolutely
0: the sort of continuation of that sort of street spectacle i suppose it is oh i shouldn't gosh. be mean about richard ii's mechanical angel yes that's very true Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. How bizarre. so anything
2: that is this you know and, and and people always want to use the most cutting edge technology Mm. to make something new and exciting and so that's what it was back then was how wonderful mechanical angels gosh they should bring that
1: back for heaven's sake yeah
2: yeah and i guess as well the procession was a way of being seen by as many people as possible Mm, because nowadays you could go to the mall yeah and watch it live Mm, mm. or you can watch it on television Mm. and it'll be on television
0: Well, you say that, the coronation in 1953, she did tootle around town quite a lot in that big old coach. So they still do a procession. It's not the same route. But, I mean, she went all the way up to Hyde Park Corner and all over the place, didn't she? Yeah quite a while, um, that big processional route. And I think I can't remember how many people they said, but a good few million saw her on the streets. And they wow. had
2: they had arches over the yes, streets for her yeah. as well. So all of that stuff that still is being yeah. you know carried on and reinterpreted and fewer things. wine fountains, sadly. Uh, yeah. So that's the thing. If we start campaigning now, how long <laughs> have we got
0: before Charles's coronation? Come on. At least twenty years. Surely. <laughs> <laughs> We've got um, to get that fountain yeah. on the streets. And they,
2: they they, did the big old procession up to the, uh, well, not quite the end of the Stuarts. Charles II was the last king to go from the Tower of London and process through the streets.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. And Charles I, who we'll come to, had a slightly curtailed procession, but I'll come to him in a little bit. Mm-hmm. This is quite good. And when Richard II, given that he was this boy king, got to the ceremony, now you, you said, you know, this the ceremony has been going on for hundreds of years. Yeah. He, it's quite a long ceremony, isn't it? It's about two and a half hours, give quite or take. Quite a long ceremony, yeah. And
2: in his day as well, it turns out that they actually had, they had a sort of sermon as part of it. And I, I'm not sure whether we get a sermon, but what I particularly like is that the, the Bishop of Rochester delivered a sermon in which he warned Richard about, the, about excessive taxation. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Tell this
0: little ten-year-old boy. Can you imagine, yeah, as a ten-year-old boy with clearly no control over taxation. I mean all. they were they were thinking, well, we might get it we'll we'll form him young. Yeah. Gosh, she's him probably in
1: uh, in bed of his wife the night before. And she's going, You really should take that bit out, <laughs> Dean. He's like, No, 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 he needs to know. <laughs> Definitely needs to
2: know. <laughs> And then, and then the archbishop asked him whether he'd keep the laws of the country, defend the church. Someone else said, would he defend the rights of the bishops? And he said, yes, 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 of course I will, yes. And then they get into the actual sort of coronation bit with all the different, um, uh, what are they called? It's not just the crown, it's all the other- Regalia regalia that's the word i'm looking for and then each bit of the regalia symbolizes something else doesn't it so the idea is as you're loaded up with all these different things you're sort of taking on the attributes of those uh so i the 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 arm mills which are kind of bracelets Mm. are sincerity and wisdom as you put on those bracelets you view all the sincerity and then all it the, and then you know so it goes on and then you move around and there's an oath and there's a homage and there's a thing and so by the end little 10, 11-year-old Richard was oh, almost fast asleep and was carried oh. out.
1: Oh, uh, like carried Aaron's out crown. for his own coronation with the crown on. And, oh. and as
2: as they carried him out, I don't know what happened with the crown, but one of his ceremonial slippers fell off. <laughs> oh,
0: so that's... it was lost to history, the ceremonial that's slipper. That's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> like Cinderella. Like Cinderella. Yeah. Well, I think from there, I'm I'm gonna come in with, with my um uh first king. Now there's you know, coronations there's coronation of every single king and queen, and there's always something a bit fun. But I quite like the coronation of Charles the First because it was a bit of a fiasco <laughs> in terms of there were so of course we know well, I, I say of course, not everybody knows the history, but Charles the First, the I always refer to him as the only king we've ever executed. So far, (laughs) because you never know what's going to happen. So in 1649, he's executed and all of that. So this is, you know, it's a pretty turbulent time for the country. We have the civil war and what have you. But the coronation is hilarious because there are omens all over the place. So the first big omen is um, that because plague was was around at this time. It was decided that, that procession that you mentioned, Fiona, going all the way from the tower to the Abbey, they just weren't gonna do it, or they weren't gonna do most of it. And everybody really like everyone really loved seeing it. And so when they said, you know what, for plague reasons we're not going to, his popularity took a bit of a nosedive. <laughs> and Londoners were a bit like, oh, who does he think he is not doing this procession? And got a little bit sniffy with him, which I think is hilarious. His wife then said, look, I'm not going to be there because Henrietta Maria, his his wife, she was Catholic and she said, my Catholic beliefs are not going to allow me to take part. And this put the wind up a whole load of people because they were already worried that Charles was a bit too Catholic for his own good. So everyone's freaking out by this and the thing's starting to fall apart already. And Charles had these really quite sort of specific ideas for what he wanted his coronation. And he had he had ordered this amazing like, white robe. He was going to be dressed in white, which is seen as the symbol of And you know, with the little Richard the second that you said, sort of 10 year old, that, that worked quite well, quite a few years prior, about 400 years prior. But with this, this guy's an adult and they, everyone's going, actually, now white is a symbol of suffering. So the day before the coronation, they got him in a room and they went, Chuck, do you do you think white is a good idea? It's the symbol of suffering. And he kind of went, Oh, right, yeah, good point, good point. Okay, let's not. And so he sent out for a huge ream of purple cloth. And he basically said, Look, make it happen. Doesn't whatever the cost, get it, get it here, and we'll use that. And nobody could find any purple cloth in London. When we we often refer to purple as being the most expensive colour fabric. Because it took a lot to, to make that. So there, people aren't just going to have that on hand, really. It couldn't be found for love nor money. And he ended up wearing the white anyway. <gasps> he did. God, <laughs> yes. he must be so annoyed. And there was one person who was an in, in, invited guest who said that he looked like the white victim of sacrifice. So all of this oh stuff is going on. <gasps> and looking back at it with hindsight, everyone's like, Whoa, oh, dear. The next bit is just hilarious. So instead of doing this, this procession, they took the royal barge. And the royal barge was supposed to come down the river, stop at this particular point where they had laid out carpet—you know, the red carpet and all that kind of stuff—and um, the boat overshot <laughs> the landing spot. No, and the king had to kind of scramble ashore on this slightly <laughs> grubby, uncarpeted bit of bank in this white outfit. His white outfit. <laughs> now come I don't on. know if the white outfit oh. got covered in mud or whatever, but I—I I imagine there would have been something just hilarious. <gasps> then. In the run-up to the actual um, ceremony, so you were mentioning, Fiona, all the different attributes, the regalia and stuff, and one of them is they have a scepter with um, a dove on it, and the dove's wings are outstretched, and it's a symbol of kind of peace and, and you know, the, the monarch's reign and all that kind of thing. And the left wing of it had broken off. <gasps> Again, that's another symbol. Do you know it reminds
1: me of? Um, I mean, it's a bit of a weird one, but you know the the Beatles front cover on Abbey Road. Yeah. And there's all that kind of symbolism and people yes. thinking, Oh, is that why um uh John's wearing white th- because he later dies? Yeah. And like that. Like, one of them's
0: barefoot. Yes, John, I think. Uh. People going, uh, oh, remember just... the dove, remember the wing. Uh, yeah, exactly. And and what Charles said is, he sent out the um, the court goldsmith to mend it, and the goldsmith was like, look, I mean, this, I think this is on the day. He said, look, I'll I'll do what I can, but I don't think I can mend it in time. And Charles <laughs> apparently said to him, do it, or someone else will. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Charles, but nobody will. you you're due to be crowned in 45
1: minutes. I know, right? <laughs> UB40 has not been created yet. So the... Is it
0: UB um, 40 Is that what I'm thinking of? No, WD... No, no, you're thinking no. WD40, but it's actually not that. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. I was like, they're, they're a band, but okay. <laughs> it's you're actually WD thinking D40. super glue. It's not that either. <laughs> yeah. uh. oh, I love it. Um, so anyway, when they go into the uh, the ceremony and, and like you say, Fiona, uh, a sermon, and I think, I, I think there would be a sermon now because I think that the ceremony is the same as it was a thousand years ago, except in English rather than Latin. Um, but in the sermon, the bishop used a phrase that people were only used to hearing for a funeral. <laughs> so everyone was yeah. like, what? And one of the clergy said as well that when the the crown was put on the king's head, he saw a massive dark shadow come over the king and and lie across his shoulders. Oh, my Lord. I know. And this is not something that came out, like, later, after the whole thing had happened. This came out, you know, the, the day of or the day after. So people were oh, okay. talking about this, yeah. Yeah, that's At what I was time. just about to ask,
2: whether
0: it was... No, apparently yeah, not. It was It It was. Thing, it was very but... soon after that that came out. Yeah. But the best thing, and I don't think this is talked about enough because it's amazing, during the sermon, um, an earthquake rocked the church, and a couple of people fainted because... Nobody knew what was going on. Samuel Pepys even mentions it in his diary. I think uh, the next coronation down, he he talked about it. And apparently the weather as the coronation, was fine all day. And as the coronation took place, mm-hmm. the heavens opened and thunder and everything came down. And Samuel Pepys on the next coronation, th- there was bad weather again. And he said, oh, it reminds me of the previous king, which was Charles the I, and how this happened and the earthquake and all that. So, So the entire day is basically just one big omen about what's going to happen next.
1: Wow. Which I think is gosh,
0: fantastic. It really is.
1: Wow. So many little bits there. Amazing he it? lasted
2: that long on the throne. I was trying to think how long it was, but
1: um, with oh. all of those
2: omens, you'd think. Yeah,
0: when was... So when, when, was, when, you... was, his, when was his coronation? Um, oh, gosh, now I haven't got that in my notes. It's annoyingly 1620-something, uh, me... Sixteen. Yeah, 1625. Okay, well, he so was executed in 1649, but he was ousted a couple of years prior. Yeah, so. Okay, so a good 24 years or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh wow. So ooh, very exciting. Yeah. So that's Charles the First coronation. What have you got for us, Em? So I'm actually going to take us back to the 11th century, guys. I'm actually going to take us back to 1066.
1: It's Christmas Day. Picture the scene. We've got William the Conqueror, who's about to be crowned, and um. This is a, a little bit like what you were saying, Fiona, where we feel like we've had quite a few jubilees and different things happening within this particular year, 1066, there was a lot of events that had already happened at the Abbey. So you had the coronation of King Harold. You also had the burial of Edward the Confessor. And now people have got to get geared up again, or geared <laughs> up, should I say, ready for the next coronation. So, um There were a few things that happened to this number one being the Archbishop of Canterbury, who is in kind of custom terms is meant to be the person who crowns the new monarch. He didn't want to. He basically refused and said, I I don't want to crown someone who is covered with the blood of men and to be the invader of other rights, of other people's rights. So he basically didn't want to to crown William the Conqueror. Um, But it's okay because we had the Archbishop of York who stepped in last minute. Um, And William was obviously a little bit worried that people were going to... Uh, ruin the coronation in some way because he posted knights just outside the abbey, so you basically had these bouncers just outside ready for anyone that was going to cause a bit of um, a bit of terror. Mm-hmm. And it is said that when the crown was placed upon William's head, the Norman guards outside, they mistakenly heard all these kind of cheers and people like, you know, shouting all sorts of things. They thought that lots of people were trying to break into the Abbey and cause all sorts of um, havoc. So they then started to attack people with swords. They started to set fire (laughs) to lots of buildings around the Abbey. And I'm going to read you something that was written by a a historian at the time, a man called Odoric Vitalis. And he said, so dramatic, he said, As the fire spread rapidly through the houses, the people who had been rejoicing in the church were thrown into confusion and a crowd of men and women of every rank and status compelled by this disaster rushed out of the church. Only the bishops and clergy along the monks stayed, Along with the monks stayed. They were terrified in front of the altar and only just managed to complete the consecration right over the king, who was trembling violently. <laughs> nearly, yeah, I mean, you don't really picture William the Conqueror trembling violently, but yeah, here we go. Um, nearly everyone else ran towards the raging fire, some to fight bravely against the force of the flames, but more hoping to grab loot for themselves <laughs> amid such great confusion. Fusion. Oh my goodness! The English, believing there was a plot behind something so completely unlooked for, were extremely angry and afterwards held the Normans in super uh, suspicion, judging them treacherous. Ooh.
0: So this is Ooh.
1: like a coronation that is completely just gone wild you can imagine it you know people going yay you know kind of cheering in the streets and the norman guards were just so kind of like you know on the edge thinking god is something going to happen is something going to happen you know suddenly they hear people shouting they're like right (laughs) (laughs) and start setting fire to things and everybody in the abbey is just absolutely petrified it's just bonkers
0: well that is absolutely brilliant and i mean what a sort of you know they're, they're actually going for it and they go they're like yay and he's like oh they hate me and like, let's kill them all I'm like what what <laughs> reaction
1: not too long after that you thinks, right I'm going to have to create a few castles
0: here <laughs> so <laughs> funnily enough I think I've annoyed them enough that they might have a go at me yeah yeah
2: do you know that, like um, his his funeral in France I've got a feeling people rushed out of the Abbey in France as well because there was really? some his his body exploded or there there was a something i mean i don't know whether it really exploded as in the coffin shattered but but at some point it it was a very hot summer i think and there was lots there was quite a lot of delays before his coronation and so something unpleasant happened with his body and lots of people left um, to tidy up which is one of those stories which always sounds like it's complete nonsense but they opened up his tomb. I don't know, early 1900s or something. Had a look inside. They found one mouldy thigh bone. Oh, one
1: mouldy oh, thigh bone. Really? Ooh.
2: Yeah.
1: So obviously, what the big big ceremonies th- in <laughs> abbeys. Not. not good. You can just imagine looking in the <laughs> casket and just seeing this little bit of KFC chicken. Oh, Emily. <laughs> Sorry.
0: I'd be like, where's the king gone? <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, Right. Well, my next king, and of course, Fiona, you have, feel free to jump in if you have any uh, good king stories, um, is I'm going to go George IV, I think. Oh, I was thinking someone surely needs to. Yeah. George IV, the King of Bling, um, as I refer to him, because he <laughs> just, I mean, he nearly bankrupted the country with his coronation, didn't he? Just mm. over the top. And he had, um, he, you know, it's, it's the time, it's the early 1800s, it's the time of just slightly pre Victoria we've had quite a few run-ins with the French let's say and Napoleon had had his coronation in 1804. Now when George IV comes in he is thinking that actually I am going to have one that is even more lavish and even more sort of fantastical than Napoleon had. So when he is crowned uh, in 1821 so in mind, well, this is like 15 years later and he's still holding a crutch or nearly 20 years actually and he's going oh i'm gonna do that he it took 18 months to organize the whole thing now that's not unusual there was 18 months for our current queen as well that was more down to the fact that uh, father died when they really weren't expecting it um but 18 months it took to organize his coronation and it cost a quarter of a million pounds in old money no. Which today is around £20 million. Pounds. Oh. Now, I don't know how much a coronation costs today, but I'm pretty sure it's not that much. No way. And to, just to even really, you know, because bear in mind, by this point, 19, 1821, we've had Waterloo, we've had Trafalgar, and what the French have had to do is to pay war reparations. And so he uses some of that money to pay for it. <laughs> I mean, what a really cheeky thing to do. And he just thought, I'm going to go for it. I'm absolutely going to go for it. So he, I mean, if anyone's been to see the Crown Jewels at the Tower of London, quite a lot of the big blingy stuff is old Georgie boy, isn't it? Mm. I I love that you can just say, to, but when people say, who's that? You go, it's George IV. Anything yeah. with anything encrusted with diamonds? Yes. George IV. Yeah. It's George IV. And to get a sense of his, the level of his kind of fantastical ideas for things if anyone ever goes to Brighton and has a look at the pavilion which is a spectacular building and but it's also bonkers like it's completely mad and that was his sort of folly wasn't it that was his let's do this amazing Indian palace in Brighton of all places and so he went all out with um, a red velvet robe and a 27 foot long train (gasps) <gasps> wow, yep. 27 foot. 27 foot. And he decided that he was going to have page boys all the way along it. And wanted, they were under instructions to pull it out as wide as they could <laughs> because he wanted the public to see all the embroidery that he had, he had spent money on. He had this huge, huge wig and a, a Spanish style hat, which he topped with ostrich feathers and a, herons feathers and all this kind of thing. And he even had a separate coronation crown made at the cost of about 60,000 pounds because he just was like, I want a better crown. I want more diamonds. And they had to rent in and he tried to get the government to actually buy everything for him. And they were like, mate, we can't afford it. Absolutely no way. So he, that, that procession that you mentioned, Fiona, it went one better. He had a specially built, raised, covered walkway to do the entire thing. Mm-hmm. So going one up on old uh, Richard II with his, you know, animatronic angels. And um, but the the best bit of it, and the, the kind of the the dramatic part of the ceremony, is when his wife turned up. Now, Caroline of Brunswick, is I feel like Caroline of Brunswick is a really put upon woman. George the Fourth had naffed off and got married to uh, a lady without kind of permission, and it was considered to be an illegitimate marriage. And he he sort of loved her in as much as he loved anybody. But he was a he was a player, wasn't he? He was a ladies' man. And eventually when, so her name was Maria Fitzherbert and uh, eventually they said, yeah, you, that's not really a valid marriage. And they made him marry a lady called Caroline of Brunswick and basically, really awfully, the first time he saw her was three days before the wedding and apparently he found her so repellent he had to have three glasses of brandy to fortify himself. Oh, my God. Which I feel is a bit of an overreaction, to be honest. It really, really is.
1: I mean, you can imagine him doing that as well, can't you? Just telling everybody how he needed that much alcohol.
0: Exactly. But the best thing is, on their wedding day, he got so drunk that um, on their wedding night, he fell into the fire grate and (sighs) basically slept there until the morning. (laughs) Which is fantastic. Um, so they were already married by the time he's crowned. and not only are they married, they're also separated. He, they'd had managed to have one child together, Princess Charlotte, who ends up um, dying and, and doesn't mm. end up becoming queen. Um, and a year after they got married, they separated and, and Caroline was kind of kicked out of Britain for well quite a few years. She was they were sort of estranged for about 20 years, and eventually when he becomes king, she's like, right well, I'm, I'm coming back and coming back to Britain. And everyone was like, I wouldn't I wouldn't, but she does anyway. And um, they put her on trial. They say that she's had. In fact, I think we should do an episode on her at some point. She's really quite interesting. Uh, but they put her on trial for all sorts of supposed misdemeanors, and she's she's released from that. But the day that he is crowned, now she has written to the prime minister in advance and said, "So my husband's been crowned. I'm the queen. Um, what shall I wear?" And the PM goes, babe, you ain't you're LFI. You're not you're not invited. Sorry, not happening." And she thinks, "Well, stuff it. I'm going anyway." So. She piles up to the church in the uh, in a carriage and she's got this lord with her, lordhood. And lordhood goes up to the door. And by this point, the coronation's underway. She's trying to get in earlier. They haven't let her in. They've tried to sneak her in around the back and through Parliament. It's not happened oh, at this all. this is so embarrassing. It's, it's really embarrassing. It's really awkward. What um George IV has done in his infinite wisdom of, of let's just throw money at the problem, he has hired... So, boxing was a really, really popular sport at the time. And he has hired in all of the kind of famous professional boxers. But brilliantly, he has dressed them in Tudor robes. No. (laughs) So, it's like ruffs and Tudor singlets and all that kind of thing. Ridiculous. (laughs) So, you've got all these boxers toodling around. And and by the sounds of it, they may or may not have been on the doors as kind of bouncers. (laughs) That's unclear. Um, We've lost Emily. it's not like
2: there's there's some royal guards who are designed to be the royal guards on the door i know i
0: i don't know if they were on the door i I found varying reports of it but i like the idea that these tudor
2: bruffed
0: not coming in yeah exactly exactly (laughs) so this is what happens is she she pulls up to the door and um this lord that she's traveling with this lord and lady um hood the lord hood goes up to the door and he goes um Yes, I've got got the Queen here. And they say, no, she can't come in. And he they, they say, you need a ticket. And he says, she's the Queen. She doesn't need a ticket. And they go, you need a ticket. And Lord Hood says, I've got a ticket. Go in. And she goes, no, I'm not going in without you. And basically, they don't let her in. And she ends up shouting at the doors and possibly even banging on them, saying, I'm the Queen. Open. And I'm the Queen of England and all of this stuff. And eventually, one of the officials just shouts at the door. And he goes, shut the door. And they slam the door in her face. It's a really ignominious Gosh. end and really kind of embarrassing scene um, of the queen, his wife, just being refused entrance to the coronation. Really sadly, she dies only three weeks later. So um, I don't know whether that oh, that no. paid paid to her, but we we might have to do an episode on her because she's a very interesting character. I think so. But I mean, it reminds me imagine. a little bit of um,
1: Fergie. Pretty sure Fergie's been in a situation
0: like that. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine, like you just think. Yeah. All right, come along, sit at the back, keep quiet. Let's not let's not have a fuss. But he hated us so much. Yeah. But yeah, poor Carolina Brunswick. Wow.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. Like, I think at certain times the British public were, like, quite on her side. Oh yeah, very much. I think so
0: yeah. Yeah, she'd go out in a carriage, and they'd all cheer her and and boo him when he went around. Yeah, they were very much on her side. Um, and that day, apparently, where. Where she, when she was banging on the door and they wouldn't let her in there was quite a few onlookers that were shouting shame shame at all the people not letting her in <laughs> well, there's george the fourth thing. going no, 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 no. <laughs> put the bloody crown on come on go with the coronation
1: <laughs> so yeah <laughs> so,
0: that's george the <laughs> fourth well i'm gonna
1: now talk about a queen i'd like to talk about uh queen victoria if i may Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, we talk about the current queen being very young when she was crowned, 25. Well, Queen Victoria was 19. Um, She comes to power at the age of 18 when her uncle dies, but it's on June 28, 1838, at the age of 19 when she is crowned at Westminster Abbey. And we know that they scrubbed down the Abbey. They made sure all the stonework was really clean. They covered the stone pavement of the nave in this purple and crimson cloth. She went around in her golden coach, which was pulled by eight white horses restaurants and pubs were bustling with people the parks were converted into places where people could eat and party there were fireworks there was a lot of amazing things that was happening around the abbey but all sorts of craziness that was happening inside the abbey um because it was just so poorly rehearsed um (laughs) strangely enough The queen, guys, come on. Put the effort in. (laughs) Victoria only visited Westminster Abbey once before, and this was the night before, and this was only on the insistence of the prime minister at the time, Lord Melbourne, who would have sat Victoria down and said, "Look, Victoria." you know you're going to be crowned in there it's probably good that you've got a bit of a visual you know where you're going you know what yes. it looks like kind of thing <laughs> and apparently she wasn't into it she was like oh I don't need to and he was like no I, I really insist that you go in there have a little look around <laughs> I mean this is Westminster Abbey for god's sake yeah. Um, and one of the, one politician, Benjamin Disraeli, who attended, he said the whole thing left a lot to be desired, oh, no. there just so many oh. things that went wrong. So one of which the Archbishop of Canterbury he put the coronation ring onto the wrong <laughs> finger. And yeah. this ring was designed to go on Victoria's pinky, her little finger, but he forced it onto her forefinger and was probably like, why the hell is this not it on? <laughs> and Victoria's like, being told to just you know let things happen (laughs) um and she wrote quite a lot in her diary about the coronation so we know quite a lot about it and how she felt about it and she said i had the greatest difficulty to take it off again which i at last did with great pain um she has apparently soak it in ice water to try and reduce the swelling because it's so uh, painful mm -hmm. um We then have the Bishop of Durham, who apparently uh, gave her the ceremonial orb at the wrong moment. Um, (laughs) We then had the Bishop of Bath and Wells, who was the clergyman. So he was kind of basically reading the order of service and turned over two pages at the same time. So he kind of missed out this huge, (laughs) crucial part about her becoming the monarch, um, and actually realised and had to say, I'm sorry, but we're going to have to go back. <laughs> and it ended up going back and it was just seriously obvious that he'd skipped two pages. <laughs> I love this kind of stuff. It's like you are oh, on a world stage doing this. Get it, it really right, gang? It, it, so many things go wrong that it ends up going on for about five hours. <laughs> Victoria, she goes through two outfit changes Um, and it, it said that they went back into St Edward's Chapel, which is where they had like sandwiches and wine. And Victoria wrote in her diary, how uh, she was just appalled with what it looked like. It was just such a state, apparently, St Edward's Chapel. So they obviously did so much work to the exterior of the abbey for people walking past and this lovely crimson carpet, but the state of the chapel was just was just obscene, apparently. Oh, no. Um, but then we have someone that falls over. Um, <laughs> And this is someone called Lord John Roll which is brilliant because that is exactly what he does, he rolls down the stairs. Um, so he was um, basically a landowner he was 88 years old, he owned so much land in Devon you know, he was very well to do, quite old, that um, said and, and he, he basically just rolls down the stairs he, he makes his way back up the stairs and Victoria kind Kind of stopped him from coming up the stairs anymore because she was worried that he was going to roll back down and <laughs> everybody, everybody suddenly saw oh you know Victoria is so lovely and she really cares about this older gentleman that she stopped him from coming up any more stairs and she just kind of like leapt up and just <laughs> she's like trying to, there. she's
0: trying to stop him ruining her coronation that's what she's trying
1: to do yeah yeah true but this was like the subjects for painting where like Lord Rolls is <laughs> depicted on the stairs. <laughs> And there's also a poem, part of which goes, then the trumpets braying and the organ playing and the sweet trombones with their silver tones. But Lord rolls was rolling, twas mighty consoling, <laughs> to think his lordship did not break his bones. Okay, so yeah, that. there we and go. Actually, Lots you, of mentalness. You just think
2: you kind of, you've got away with it. And then someone goes and paints a portrait, like a painting of it. For eternity. Like, that
0: oh, is so no. good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, it's so funny. That is so, so yeah, brilliant. So I love
0: it. <laughs> Poor Vic. Poor Vicky. Oh. Lessa. She's a love, isn't she? She, is. she You get the
2: sense she wasn't really in control until she became queen. She was. It was a weird old childhood she had. So oh, yeah. yeah. She yeah, probably wasn't, definitely. wasn't mm-hmm. like
1: feeling like she was in charge of anything no, no she probably wasn't told just, too much
2: yeah just go along
0: just go there and do stuff you'll be yeah. fine yeah. yeah yeah fab all right well I'm gonna I'm gonna do my last king which is um I've gone for all kings I mean to be fair we've got more kings than queens but and I've gone mostly Georges actually uh this is George the sick so this is the father of our current queen And I'm sure most people know that he wasn't destined to be king. It was his brother and his brother abdicated to marry Wallace Simpson. It was he was given the choice or rather he gave kind of an ultimatum and they were like, all right. Um, And George VI was crowned on the 12th of May, which was the same date as Edward VIII was going to be crowned. And apparently he said... Same date, different king. That's what he Fantastic. I'm <laughs> um, kind of what you said, Emily, about this Lord Roll rolling everywhere. Um, something very similar happened at this one. Um, I imagine this, <laughs> the head of the Dean of Westminster, who is, is the kind of the main subject of this. I imagine him to be, do you remember in Four Weddings and a Funeral where you have Rowan Atkinson, okay, Mr. Bean, doing that bit as, as a new vicar and just messing the whole thing up and it's just becoming a farce. This is what this feels like. So the Dean of Westminster, who was, he was quite old by this point and he was a little bit, you know, all over the shop and a bit a bit doddery. Um, and actually, he, he died later that same year. Um, He was carrying the St Edward's crown, which is the coronation crown. He was carrying it down the steps. And he fell down the steps <laughs> during the coronation. <laughs> The crown was luckily attached to um, the cushions by some ribbons. So that was okay. You know, it was all right. Then um, he, so you mentioned earlier, Fiona, about the different regalia being given at certain parts. And it's all very kind of structured. And this happens. He put them in the wrong order. And then when he was giving them to um, the, the guy who was supposed to be giving them to the monarch, he handed the wrong thing to him twice. Like he gave it to him once. The guy gave it back and went, it's not that one. And then he gave it back to him again. Like it's just the whole thing goes wrong. Then when he, he was supposed to give the crown that was going on the, the head of the Queen, so um, the Queen Mother, to the Duke of Portland, uh, and he got it tangled up in the collar. that He's wearing this garter collar. He got it tangled up in that as well. And the um, one of the dukes that was there, Duke of Somerset, he um, had a few words, choice words to say about the, the dean. He, he said he was like a half-awake bat, bewildered and incompetent, slow in all his actions. <laughs> Oh. Half awake. What did he? What was he called? A half awakened bat. Half awake bat. Half awake yeah. bat. <laughs> Bloody hell! And then the Archbishop of Canterbury as well. He, he seemed to. The whole thing just seemed to be a, a a wonderful farce of people who don't quite know what they're doing. Mm. He when he put he hit the crown on the head of the new king. They weren't. He wasn't sure that he got it the right way around. And so he started kind of fumbling and like turning it around and not quite knowing because the crown is—it's really hard to tell which the front and the back is. And I think for the Queen's coronation, they put a little thread, didn't they, at the front so they knew which way it was. And I think he still put it on the wrong way around, didn't they? Yeah. I
2: didn't. Didn't someone take it off again? Someone came and did
0: some last-minute cleaning and went, "Oh no, there's a bit
2: of fluff." yeah Took it off. And then yes, and And then he wasn't sure. There's a bit of film. I can't remember whose it is, but there's a bit of film of somewhere the Archbishop going kind of looking at the
0: front and then looking at the back and then yes. going, Not going sure. chuck it on anyway yeah. um and he sort of dropped it on his head as well a little bit and then on the side of the of the main bit there's all these kind of bleacher seating sort of tiered seating all the dukes and everything um sit in and and we often talk about the fact that they have to get there quite early and the whole thing lasts quite a long time and they're there for a while and they they bring stuff to to do and they shove it in their coronets that they eventually put on their heads and the Duke of Marlborough um, turned his coronet over at the wrong time and it was filled with chocolate and throat lozenges and they all fell out in a massive no. clatter on the floor Yeah, oh, and then apparently the, the king as he'd just been crowned and he was just about to walk out of the abbey um, one of the bishops stood on the train <laughs> and got a very uh, I think a very a bit of a flea in his ear when he did that I just love this idea of it just being chaotic and just fumbling and fantastic. And we always say that this is that the our current queen is the first coronation ever to be televised. I believe actually it's not quite true that the George VI was televised but to a very very small number of people. Mm. And not live. Recorded. Yeah, not yeah. live, not live. Um so there is footage of it somewhere, goodness knows where. Um but I would absolutely love to see all these kind of comedy. I suspect they've probably been edited out now of the official uh official thing but it's just, just so sort of- slapstick isn't it like it that really the, the, yeah. the lozenges yeah. and
1: everything falling on the floor i love it like, i just oh love God. it God. because just they might
2: well have not had like as many cameras as we'd have now so you can imagine actually what you'd see is like some action going on somewhere else the coronation bit happening and then there's just like a clatter somewhere yeah. on the street, everyone going i'm oh, looking really? to see what's gone on but
0: but in us not being really able to see and it's it. the Duke of Marlborough
1: dropping his chocolates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you had that thing in um the current Queen's coronation with uh, Prince Charles, who was what was he like four at the time or something, oh, yeah. and he was like making noise because he was going into his grandma's purse and like rooting round and like I don't know if he was <laughs> trying to find something in particular or he was just bored and was like, "What's in oh, your purse, man?" Really? Didn't
2: oh, know yeah. that. Well, that's adorable. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: didn't didn't um the Queen when she was at. So George the Sixth coronation, her her father's, she was eleven or something yes. like that, and and like she and uh, Margaret, her, yeah, her no no her grandmother's. So Alexandra maybe Mary,
0: Mary. Queen Mary,
2: Mary, Mary, yeah. They they were both looking at the order of service together and like turning over the pages to see like how much more is there, and they they turn over the page and finally it's kind of near the end, and they look at each other and go. <laughs>
0: really thank <laughs> oh, goodness I, I think there's an interview with her when shortly after that and she just sort of says it was very long yes <laughs> yeah it's very long which is probably
2: why charles came and went a bit for her yes so he must have
0: realized this doesn't make any sense yeah because he was quite wee wasn't he but yeah. yeah yeah
2: well all that all that crown palaver i think also happens with edward the seventh uh and it did the, the archbishop of canterbury for edward the seventh the archbishop was 81 and quite frail and could only just lift the crown <laughs> up, yeah. and so kind of Edward Seventh had to grab it and kind of <laughs> put it on himself otherwise it might have gone and it was back to front yeah so I mean clearly the back to frontness
0: is a thing maybe, maybe doesn't really matter maybe not I mean it's, it's quite similar know. on both sides isn't it so
1: yeah and I think, think he like...
0: misread some of the uh some of the service as well I think in that one the, uh, okay. of the seventh oh did he yeah. yeah that's just yeah fantastic isn't it
2: and then um the 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 the, the main coronation Edward the seventh went eventually went fine <clears throat> but the thing they had is that two three days before the coronation uh edward had appendicitis and it was getting kind of worse and worse apparently all these uh, you know, everybody's arriving, all the people from all around the world are coming and arriving. There's lots of problems with accommodation and where to put them all and all this stuff. Uh, but the King is getting worse and worse and having to sit through big banquets as well, which mm. you know is not great until the point where his surgeons go, no, you, this, this is not gonna, he, he eventually gets peritonitis and they say to him, look, if you don't stop, if we don't sort this out, you might not get to a coronation so uh with only like two days to spare they uh
0: call it or postpone it and apparently Uh, all the 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 locals you know all the everyone was looking at the um uh at the the papers and all of a sudden everyone's like kind of collecting and suddenly the papers went round and everyone was like wait what
1: but yeah. cele- regional celebrations apparently still happen. So even though um, the coronation itself was changed, the king still ordered. You know, if you're if you've got parties and things oh, right. happening at the yeah, end yeah. of June, still have them. Like have this is still party. a thing. You know, please. Yeah. You know, shout my name in the streets. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah. Well, the sad thing from my family point of view is that um, my great grandparents should have been there. Because my great grandfather was High Sheriff of Montgomeryshire in <laughs> Wales, and so they got invited, oh. and so he had his High Sheriff's outfit, but my great grandmother obviously needed an outfit, so she had a dress specially made for it, and it's all lovely. And then um, when we got when they got to the postponed coronation, which they had in August rather than June. Um, my great-grandparents had been away a little bit before they'd been to Borth, to the seaside. And my great-grandfather was really ill. He, he, I don't know what. He got ill at the seaside. And so they couldn't go to the postponed oh, coronation. So God. I don't know that my great-grandmother ever got to wear the dress. Oh. Um, but who did get to wear the dress? Well when someone when my my great aunt died and we were sort of going through her things uh, we found uh, the dress so i was 11 at the time and i was the only person in the family who could fit into this dress she had a tiny tiny waist clearly um, so can you see that?
1: Look oh, that. Fiona! Oh my gosh! This dress like is gorgeous. You look like a fairy tale princess. It's You've incredible. got a train. I mean, it's not 24, uh, whatever it was. What was not, it? Foot fir- yeah, or something? Quite a 27, feet. Feet. 27 feet. But that is beautiful. It's got this kind of pale blue in the middle, and then it's, bookmarking yeah. that at the top and bottom it's kind of like corally pink. And it's beautiful. it was sort
2: of pale blue with cream lace, and then it's got lots of pink flowers. Wow. On it, and um, mm-hmm. if we go that way. That's the invitation.
0: Wow, look at that. Wow, That's the invitation. command of the, the King, that the Earl Marshal is directed to invite.
2: <gasps> now, I can't read their names. Mr. Hugh Lewis, High Sheriff of Nottingham, of Montgomeryshire. <laughs> of Nottingham. <laughs> Nottingham. It's just Sheriff of Nottingham. Nottingham. <laughs> Rolls off the tongue. <gasps> to be present at the wow. Abbey
0: Church of Westminster on the 26th day of June 1902. That is fantastic. Wow. And look at the coat of arms. Also, and the the crown surrounding the edge.
1: Oh, that's beautiful. Can we put this on Instagram, Fiona? Yeah, yeah. Oh, lovely. Um,
2: and then I was going to say, um, the dress is now at Hampton Court. <gasps> it's in the Royal Ceremonial Dress Collection. Is it really? Oh, look at that! Oh, up. wow. That's the waist. Goodness me. I that's my hand. And then uh, the archivists—I mean, the, the the court dress collection person's hand in a blue glove—a
0: like hand and a half—and it is yeah,
1: tiny. It's teeny tiny. Ridiculous! Wow. But they—they'd they'd
2: actually just started, in the 1980s. They founded this thing, the Royal Ceremonial Dress Collection, and it was around about then that we found it. So um, that's uh, that's the pair of them wearing it wow
1: gorgeous, gorgeous beautiful and then black and white image a few
2: years later we found his high sheriff's outfit so that went to and they were on display in kensington malice they were on display for a couple of wow. years really um yeah
0: see so. fiona now fiona i i don't know if uh, if emily if you know this but uh, fiona is also descended from <laughs> from uh, people of note aren't you fee so it turns out <laughs> back to richard ii during
2: Richard II's coronation, the Curtana, the Sword of Mercy that we talk about at the Tower of London and things, it was John of Gaunt who I found this phrase, he carried the sword naked in front of Richard II. Oh. Well, I think that is the sword naked, not the gaunt <laughs> naked. Just want to clarify that. But John of Gaunt was the uncle of Richard II and the most hated man in England because he's all behind the poll tax. And um, uh, he, uh, we're descended from him, apparently. So there we go. We've oh,
1: got nobility on, Alex.
2: of Europe. Like it's not, it's not that exciting. I mean, he had a lot of kids. Uh, <laughs> the exciting thing, I reckon, from watching, um, you know, the, the the family tree program, kind of, uh,
0: do you, who do do you think, you think you are. Yeah. Mm. Is that you're related to Danny Dyer? (laughs) I'm related to Danny Dyer and Josh Winnickson.
1: No way. (laughs) Oh, that's amazing. I'd love to be related to Danny Dyer.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But, like, literally half of Europe. And also what I don't get is my grandmother always talked about him, but I don't know why she didn't go one generation further back and say we're related to Edward III. Yeah. Would that not be more exciting?
0: maybe mm. maybe she just liked right. being related to the most hated man, <laughs> man in England <laughs> yeah maybe that was a, a thing whose London house was
2: where the Savoy is now the hotel yes so I reckon there should be a room at the Savoy that like the descendants can the use the Fiona
0: Lucas room yeah I mean I'd share it I'm here for that Danny Dyer yes the Danny Dyer room yeah yeah god I'd yeah. be there that'll be all right I think you should change your name to Fiona Dyer frankly <laughs> <laughs> Well, so there we go. I think that's all of our little bits on coronations this week, and um, I don't think we're going to do a podcast pedestal, are we? Because it's not quite uh, the week for it. No, it's a bit of a strange one to do podped, but we'll bring one. it bring it back next week. But Fiona, thank you so much for joining us for this yes, uh, thank little you. jubilee celebration. It's
2: it's always delightful. It's such fun.
0: It's it's lovely it to have you, and and I always love your stories and and the the things <laughs> that you don't know are not worth knowing. So uh, so there we go. Um, yeah. But we do need to spin the wheel. It's your week uh, next week, Emily, isn't it? It is, yes. I would say, do you want to spin it, Fiona? But oh, yes, I'm please. Not, you're not here to spin no, it. You know I love the wheel.
1: <laughs> um, well, I'll spin it for you. Okay. <laughs> so you're not in my house, but here yeah. we go. But I'll, I'll send you the spinning vibes. Oh, Yes. Good. Uh, oh, it's landed in Deptford, and we've never had Deptford. Uh,
0: no, we haven't. No, and I know that
1: because I only put Ooh. it on last night. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and I know when I put it on that exactly what I wanted to talk about. So this is quite an easy one for me. Okay. I would like to talk about the story of the Golden Hind. Ooh. The, uh, the expedition around the world. Yes. Good plan. So, yes, I think that will
0: be be on for next week if you're up for that. Yes, I'm up for that. Great. That sounds great. Great. Amazing. Well, that's it for this week. Sorry it was a little bit late, everybody, but it will be up uh, before midnight on Wednesday, so we've still done it on there Wednesday. We still done it. Wednesday. Fulfilled our, fulfilled our, uh, our obligations. Um, yes. But thank you, Fiona, so much for coming and chatting to us this Thanks week. Thank, thank you for having me. It and we'll have you back at some point, time. I'm sure. I'm yes. sure that that will, uh, that will happen. Um, but for, that's it for this week. Enjoy all of your celebrations. If anyone is celebrating the Jubilee, or if you are avoiding it completely, enjoy avoiding it completely. <laughs> um, I know not everybody's is... Uh, up for it and and some people are so you know um, enjoy it if you are and uh, hopefully the weather is nice the very least fingers
1: crossed fingers crossed remember yeah. to send us some some images as well we'd love to see see your festivities and celebrations
0: yeah chuck, chuck us a chuck us a couple of tags in the uh, in the old instagram and we will see yeah. you there um but that's it for us this week thank you so much for coming and we'll see you next week to talk about the golden hind yay, yay! i see you next week Bye. thanks so much Bye.
2: Bye. <laughs>